The Burton Continuum is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Some language may not be suitable for younger audiences. Why have you been so quiet? I've just been thinking, man. Like, what do we really know about Harrison? Starters, Kyle Busch was very critical of him when he was in the truck series and racing for Kyle and KBM's performance wasn't up to par. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he was probably the most outspoken owner when it comes to his driver's performance I've seen in a while. And I assume when your owner says things publicly about your performance, it doesn't make you feel great, so that's interesting. Yeah. He fought Noah on pit road, too, last year. Yes, I do remember that. That was exciting to watch, but I wouldn't have imagined Harrison Burton getting into a fight. Me either. And, and the biggest thing about that is, like, after that post-race, post-fight interview, I guess, he didn't really say anything else about it. And he, even with the Kyle Busch comments, he didn't say anything. So, like, I want to know what was in his head when he was walking down to talk to Noah. Was it like, I'm going to hit him, or is it like, let's just talk it out? Oh, shit. What's that? We're almost out of gas. We're literally driving to Huntersville. How do you not have enough gas? I mean, <laughs> dude, we're going to have to call Harrison to push this. I realized quickly that Harrison's story cannot be told without talking to all of his family. His dad, Jeff, his mom, Kim, and his sister, Paige. This will allow us to piece together the ultimate portrait of Harrison. And my question? How does Harrison rise above the shadows of pressure, expectation, and adversity? I'm Alex Timms, and this is the Burton Continuum. Harrison had us meet him at his parents' home in Huntersville, North Carolina, at this tucked-away shop at the front of the Burton residence. The shop appears out of nowhere, hidden behind hundreds of tall Carolina pines. But inside, Harrison is giving us a tour of what can only be described as the ultimate car guy man cave. The one on the top of the car lift is a cup car that my dad won Dover in. And I always thought that was the dang coolest thing in the world as a little kid in here. I was, dang, there's a race car here. And I always wanted to try and fire it up, but our buddies at Richard Childress Racing were smart and there's no engine. Uh, (laughs) One thing you need to know about Harrison right off the bat is if racing is his number one priority, his family is 1A. And when he talks about his dad, His eyes glow like that first time you walk out the grandstands and see the racetrack for the very first time. And then under it, in the bottom, is actually his exact first car. It's a 57 Chevy. The chassis is his from when he was, you know, 16. He took my mom to the prom in it, and I took it to my prom. So pretty, pretty dang cool. Harrison Burton is the son of Jeff Burton 
who spent 22 years racing in the Cup Series and now calls races for NBC. But to Harrison, he's Superman. When I watched my dad, he was Superman to me. Like, the man. Like, the coolest guy in the world. Give the checkers again to Jeff Burton. He comes off turn four, and he's going to win the last Winston Cup race on CBS. Jeff Burton. On October 9th, under the lights at Lowe's Motor Speedway, 41-year-old yeah, Jeff Burton hangs on and gets it done. Burton wins at Charlotte. He was the best race car driver that's ever lived. And the way he did things and who he was to us as a family, I always thought he was the best, so I wanted to be like him when I grew up. You'll get to know more about Jeff Burton later in this series. But for now, you need to know that wherever Jeff went, Harrison wanted to go. Which meant Jeff and his wife, Kim, had to rule with an iron fist. Kim and I didn't raise our kids soft. We raised them, you know... This was a strict house, and it, is, it wasn't because we were afraid our kids were going to do something wrong. It's because what we wanted our kids to be later in life. That's, and I'm a hard ass. He's definitely a hard ass, and, and my mom was not. I couldn't do anything wrong if it was my mom's point of view. I was probably one of the most strict parents of any of their friends. That's Kim Burton, Harrison's mom, and Jeb's aunt. I know how kids think. If the limit is curfew is 10 o'clock and I'm going to come home at 11, you know, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't allow that. You know what I mean? I mean, I there wasn't an excuse. We didn't get participation trophies in this damn house. It's just not what we did. He was a dad that, like, you know, you're six years old and you can barely dribble the basketball and you go up to shoot it and he just blocks it right in your face. Jeff Burton's a hard-ass? The mayor? No way. He's too likable to be a hard-ass. He wrecked Jeff Gordon at Texas, and he was still likable. There's no way he was a hard-ass. You know, when my kid was seven and he screwed up at the quarter-minute track, I was in his face. And I don't damn apologize to anybody for it. You know, I'm at the quarter-minute track, and I made a mistake or something happened. I forget what. And... I'm in the car, buckled up still, and he's in my face yelling at me about what I did. And <laughs> my mom was more started just yelling at him. If he was upset, his eyelids will start working separately. That's when I could always tell if he was going to tell me a lie. When I looked at him and his eyes were like that, and Jeff was on him about doing this and doing that, and, nah, 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 and I looked at him, I said, look, he's seven years old. Lighten up. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> my dad was yelling at me, my mom was yelling at him, and it was a bad deal. It was a bad day at the racetrack. I don't remember it that well, but I really do think that those days where he was kind of harder on me as a driver, expected more of me, was because I told him I wanted to be the best. I wanted to win all the races. I wanted to be a professional race car driver. So in his eyes, that's how you did it. Harrison's interest in racing started early on, and there's one particular moment that Jeff reflects on fondly, a moment Harrison didn't even know Jeff was watching. Richard Bostick that drove our motorhomes for years and a family friend, been, in, been around racing forever. He had this little red, it looked like an Indy car. Richard 
would set up cones for him. He would set these racetracks up for Harrison. So I, I mean, I remember, you know, Jimmy Johnson one day. He's like, "What the hell? Your kid drives that car all day, you know?" He really burnt the wheels off of it. Literally, those plastic wheels. They stopped making it for some reason. So I went to look to get a new one for him, and they didn't have any more like that. So I said, "Well, Jeff, we got to figure out something for him to drive. He wants to go faster." You know, just wanted to drive, wanted to drive, wanted to drive, and. It kind of started there. It started there, but Jeff and Kim had some hesitations. They wanted me to do something because I wanted to. They didn't want me to do it because my dad was a driver and I wanted to be like dad. They wanted me to find something that I loved, and I kind of had to prove to my dad that I loved it. He was always testing me and seeing how hard I would go or how much, you know, how many laps I would run without giving up and, you know, yelling at me and seeing if I would go and try and do it even if he yelled at me and my mom was always trying to tell him, be nicer, be nicer. And I was like, no, like, you don't understand. Like, he's got to show us that he wants to do it. I just wanted him to do what he wanted to do. I asked him to try to play sports and do other things and we would have been happy no matter what he chose in life. We want him to work. We wanted him to work for what he was being allowed to do. It was a privilege that we had the ability to let him learn how to race that way, and I wanted him to understand that. After Harrison burnt the wheels off his electric car, it was time for something real. Jeff mentioned go-karts to Kim, but she was highly against it. Jeff had gone through the go-kart series when he was young, and he started mentioning go-karts, and I, I said, um, absolutely not. And he said, why? I said, because there's no roll cage on that thing. And I had seen pictures of Jeff hitting a you know, barrier and him flying out of the go-kart, and I'm like, uh-uh, no. So I said, you got to find something else. So he went and did some research and he came up with this series that kids were doing. I had no idea about it called Quarter Midgets. At just five years old, Harrison was eager to go to the track. And when he showed up, he was successful from the drop of the green flag, winning his first four starts and eventually was kicked out of the class he was running for being too good. Then the real work started. It was 110 degrees in the middle of summer, and we're testing. We'd go to the quarter midget track, and, you know, in the summer. And I had a little easy up tent that I'd put over for shade, but he'd get in that car, and he wouldn't get out for four hours. You can't get out. Like, I need you here. And he'd sit in that damn thing. I made a little fan for him that would blow air on him, and... His granddad went with me one day, and he's like, he pulled me to the side. He's like, you can't let him get out of that car. I said, he ain't getting out of that car unless he wants to get out of that car. My grandpa, my mom's side, is there, Vietnam veteran. Guy I view as, like, the toughest guy in the world. Like, that guy's, you know, just the man, right? And it's 105 degrees, and Jeff is, you know, like you said, hard ass. I said, if he wants to get out of that car, then we're going to go home because the plan's blown out the window. So if he wants to compete this weekend, this is what he has to do. 
And he's like, Jeff, he's seven years old. I said, I don't care. And he's like, hey, you should probably, like, he looks rough. You should get him out of that car. And now I'm sweating and, you know, off to the side of the car. And, and my dad's like, nope, go run again, you know. And, and so that's, that's when I knew. I was like, dang, he is being hard on me because my grandpa is a tough old man. And he is, you know, feeling bad for me. That's pretty, that's pretty bad. Now at five years old, seven years old, 11 years old, you shouldn't, your whole life shouldn't be centered around, oh my God, everything I gotta win on. You need to be a kid. But I had enough insight to know that he one day may want to do this. Let's call it out now. Let's see what's in his heart. Let's see what he's made out of. He just loved it. He didn't want to get out. The one thing I will say is that when Harrison was younger, we had to really get on him a little bit because he loved his race car so much and appreciated it so much. He didn't want to try to pass somebody. He was afraid he would scratch it up. <laughs> so we were like, okay, all right, dude, it's okay if you scratch it up. Jeff was testing Harrison, pushing him to the limits of quitting. But Harrison never wavered. But did he want to? No, I never wanted to quit. He kept asking me if I wanted to quit, and I would always say no. That's something I'm really proud of that my dad did, and I think something that helped me was, you know, I think I've always wanted to do it, but to look back on and be proud of, right? Like, gosh, you know, I definitely, you know, I had support from my dad, and I'm more than thankful for that, but he made me earn it, which was cool. Remember when I told you Jeb can really sell some shit? Well, it turns out, Harrison is also a pretty good salesman himself. After we had kind of given him the test, uh, USAC announced they were going to do a national quarter midget tour. You know, the kids know all this crap before the parents do, right? And he came to us and he's like, hey, they're going to do this, and I want to do it. I'm racing, Kim's going to the races, the kids are going to the races. And here's this national tour, which is a complete change for how we do our life. And Kim's like, we can't do that. And I said, Harrison, we just, we can't do that. We weren't raising a race car driver. We were raising a kid. You know, he decided he wanted to race in the national series in the quarter midget level. And he had, you know, I was the one that was going to have to take him. I was the one that was going to have to change my life schedule. I remember her kind of not liking the idea at first, and I just said, that's okay, we don't have to do it, you know, because it really was insane. So he went away, and he came back a couple days later with a a proposal. (laughs) Harrison's a little salesman is what Harrison is. So I, I sat my mom down. I think my dad, I don't remember how we got in this situation. I think my dad told me I had to pitch her on it. Kill says, Harrison, we just, we just can't, we just can't do it. It's going to disrupt her family and everything. And she made this discussion, had this discussion with him about it. He had tears in his eyes when he said it. I know this is going to make it so you can't watch daddy race. So he looks at his mom, he's got a tear in his eye and he says, well, mom, you know, if it's going to be too hard on our family, and it's going to make things hard for us with our family, then we shouldn't do it. I 
guess when I said that it's fine, that we don't have to do it, then I guess that was what made her say yes. And he said, but I really, I really, really want to do it. And I said, well, if you really, really want to do it, then we'll do it together. We're doing it, right? <laughs> you know, I still, I never have asked him, but I still wonder if he, if he had, if that was a ploy, like he had that whole thing planned out. <laughs> but then when I guess I showed that I cared about that, she wanted to do it. I don't know. I don't know how her dad you, said, like, you cried. Yeah, I probably left that out because I didn't want to say I cried, right? <laughs> Coming up, Harrison's journey gets rocky. But first, support for the Burton Continuum comes from Pristine Auction. So, Jason, I'm moving into a new apartment soon. Huh. And I really want some cool memorabilia as, like, decor. Uh, do you got any suggestions for me? That's a big word. Yeah, it's like French for cool stuff, I think. Huh. Makes sense. Yeah. But I thought your place was already a shrine to the Burton. Shh, no one's supposed to know that. Just like you have a lot of signed Kyle Bush stuff in your bedroom. No comment. Yeah, that's true. Well, I have some good news for you and listeners of the Burton Continuum. What is it? This episode is brought to you by Pristine Auction. Ah, Pristine Auction, the most trusted place to get autograph racing memorabilia. With thousands of daily auctions starting at $1, you can win authentic signed racing memorabilia at affordable prices. Get this. What? Just last week, a Dale Earnhardt Jr. signed helmet sold for only $153. What? Freaking steal. That is a steal. Imagine all the cool autographed racing gear you'll find for your new place on Pristine Auction. That's crazy. If you want great deals like that, you can use code BURTON for $10 off your first auction one on pristineauction.com. Give them that code one more time. That's code BURTON. For $10 off your first auction one on pristineauction.com. Convincing Kim was the last piece of the puzzle because she was the biggest piece. While Jeff was off racing across the country, Kim is the one taking Harrison to racetracks so he could pursue his dream. My dad was racing. She was my way to race. She was the one that was there for me, always kind of taking me around to different racetracks and uh, helping me try and figure out how to be a race car driver and how to grow up. I can tell you how many racetracks I've been at. Um, midnight nights driving home. I mean, I took that kid all over and I will never regret a minute of it because we had a lot of good times that you can't get back. He's already grown up, you know? And I had the same with Paige, riding, going to horse shows. And I don't know why I'm getting upset. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't lie and say it wasn't tough. And I have a lot of admiration for my mom because she, she sacrificed a lot for me and my sister and, and my dad to, to do what we love to do. And yeah, she went to some, some racetracks in the middle of nowhere and, was in bad hotels with me a lot and, and uh it was a, a really fun time for me because i was just happy to be there but i'm not so sure it was as fun for her but she put on a brave face and did it harrison moved on from quarter midgets at 11 and progressed through the lower ranks at a rapid pace winning in almost everything he sat in nobody could catch 
Mitchum, 17-year-old Harrison Burton has won his super speedway debut in ARCA. Burton dominates the finishing stretch. Harrison Burton with a second and a half gap between him and the battle for second place. And it's going to be a drag race to the finish line, and it will be the 18-year-old picking up his third ever ARCA win, but none bigger than the Daytona 200. And here he comes. Harrison Burton, a winner at Daytona. I don't, I don't even know where that ranks in my life. It's just crazy. His early success led him to sign full-time with Kyle Busch Motorsports a team who takes on the personality of its owner. Win at all costs. But as if being a high school senior wasn't hard enough, Harrison had high expectations on him heading into that season. Expectations that were never met. Those factors combined for the worst season of Harrison's career, and quite possibly, the worst year of his life. Yeah, that was a tough year. Uh, tough, t- tough year for me. Well, you saw it, teammates. Todd Gilliland and Harrison Burton involved in that incident. Oh, we got a oh, hitter. It's Harrison Burton. Trouble for both the young KBM drivers. First Gilliland and now Burton, and that is heavy damage. Trouble for the 18. The 18 of Harrison Burton with an issue, and that is going to be a shame because Burton has had such a solid day today. I wanted to be the phenom. I wanted to come in and win everything and win the championship and kind of got smacked in the face that whole year. There's definitely some factors that went into that year not going well. No one really knows about it, but he he was on a program of, to get fit, and they had him on this special diet. And he was working out like crazy, going to school, racing, um, super late models, plus the truck series, plus whatever else that we had filtered in there. And he literally got himself so underweight because he wasn't eating enough calories that it started messing with his, like, his brain. Like he couldn't, he wasn't functioning right. I don't really like to sit back and say oh it was this or that or or whatever I just like to see what I could have done better I felt like I just had too much confidence that that we were just going to kick everyone's butt and so when we didn't I kind of didn't really know what to do finally my dad's a retired doctor and I'm like talking to him about it and he said you know this is starvation this is you know this is starving his body this is why you know why he's so exhausted mentally and physically I remember me and my girlfriend sitting in a parking lot crying I was crying because gosh I could not run well I wanted to be a champion and I was an eighth place guy and when you're an eighth place guy on Kyle Busch's team you usually don't last long. After multiple comments made throughout the year about the performance of his KBM drivers, Kyle said this in a press conference and seemed to spark even more criticism towards Harrison publicly. There is opportunity there for these guys if they're going to be good and they're going to be successful and they're going to have an opportunity to move up the ladder. 
they need to be able to show it. William Byron won seven times. Eric Jones won five times. Christopher Bell won five, six times. You know, the guys that are moving up and doing what they're supposed to be doing are are successful. If you win and you win a lot in the KBM trucks, then you're going to be a better driver. So if you can't get it done in a KBM truck, might as well go home. You know, I have, I've kind of always had some criticism on me and I've always kind of been okay with it. You know, it doesn't bother me. Um, that was a pretty rough year though, I will say, man. I'm the hardest critic of myself. That's why I like all the Kyle Busch stuff that he said. I was like, yeah, yeah like I've already said that 10 times worse things to myself. Harrison has thick skin and took those comments gracefully. But Kim and Jeff weren't happy with the criticism their son was getting publicly. Um, how would you think you would feel if your kid was brand new at a team that's supposed to be a development team? You know, you're entrusting this group to help teach your kid how to race in this series. If you're not where you need to be, there are ways to say things to people privately to motivate them. Yeah, that pissed me off, excuse my language. Imagine being 19 years old, one of the biggest names in the sport publicly questions your ability. Imagine that. Part of me was pissed about it because it didn't need to happen. Part of me was pissed about it because, you know, why do that? I think there was some times when Kyle was hard on us because he's hard on everyone, trying to make them better, that I didn't enjoy. His way of trying to make you better is a tough one to hear. There's some times when, when he made some fuel on the fire comments, right? I, that made me upset, but I think it also made me better. The us Harrison is referring to is him and Todd Gilliland, who is also the son of a former Cup Series driver. The two were once rivals coming through the lower levels, but were now teammates at Kyle Busch Motorsports and being criticized publicly by their boss. Yeah, that was a rough year for both me and Todd, I think. Me and Todd are like best friends now because we went through that together. That was a little frustrating because there was several reasons they weren't running well. And, and it wasn't all on Harrison. But Harrison couldn't tell his side of what was going on because you don't get to, you know what I mean, at that age. You don't get to. And, and that's okay. Like, I don't have a problem. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, you know, my advice to him was say nothing, go to work. What are you going to do? You know, I mean, Kyle's one of the best drivers we've ever had. He's had a very successful ownership. He's, you know, you don't like don't get in a pissing contest with that guy. Like that's not going to work out. Harrison took Jeff's advice and took the criticism in stride. His teammate Todd Gilliland did the same until he finally won a race for Kyle Busch Motorsports and his second to last for the team. And after. The longest wait in KBM history. It's Todd Gilliland winning at Martinsville. I'm never going to win you guys in the past. Kyle Busch, you can stay in your fucking motorhome. 
Harrison didn't have the release that Todd had. So it's natural that self-doubt began to creep in. man yeah i remember thinking i don't know if i can do this i remember all those times that you know you kind of start believing the people on twitter or whatever right like man i don't know maybe they're right i maybe i can't do this yeah there was a time when everyone was quick to you know wanting me out of the sport and uh i know how quick that can happen i knew that if he had success it would be like hmm Look at that. A Burton's going back to victory lane in NASCAR. Harrison wins for the first time in his career at Auto Club Speedway. Harrison Burton turns left. He goes by Noah. Harrison Burton's going to win in Texas. By the way, the next year, Harrison Wynn won four Xfinity races. Harrison Burton out of turn four. He'll go back to back with wins. Set the record for, you know, the best start for a rookie ever in the Xfinity Series. By the way, that happened. That didn't happen by chance. Harrison won four races in his rookie Xfinity Series season. But he also gained a rival. After weeks of contact with Noah Gregson during the summer of 2020 and ending up in the wall, Harrison confronted Noah post-race. Noah and I had gotten into it at Charlotte. He just got loose under me or something. In my eyes, I was like, that guy just drove in deeper than he should have, and just we just we just ruined our night. And then we go to Kentucky, and the same thing happened, right? The same exact scenario. He was under me and got loose or whatever, and in my eyes, he was just, just ran over me in three and four, and I hit the fence, and we went to the back, and I was pissed. And then this happened. So I wasn't even going over there to fight him. Me and him started talking back and forth, and he said, you ought to do something about it. And I just pushed him. He threw a punch at me. I was like, oh, shit, like, we're going. Harrison not backing down here. And now, oh, and now they're really going at it. <laughs> yeah, they are. So I just wrapped him up and tried to tackle him. We went to the ground, and I don't really remember much. Harrison needed to make a stand, because that wasn't the first time that it happened. Friday Night Lights, mm. Honestly, it just happened so fast. I was just shocked. He needed to do whatever it is he needed to do in his own way to let Noah know, I'm not putting up with this. I'm, I was happy he stood up for himself, to be honest. I'm not happy about anybody fighting. But I understand the emotion of it. And I went back and I was actually in here watching it. And I could see there really was a contact made. When I first saw it, I'm like, damn, he knocked the hell out of me. But I went and replayed it, I could see he missed. I just didn't know what happened on the ground. Yeah, it was a good deal. He missed missed his biggest punch and I didn't feel any other ones. So normally you don't see punches in NASCAR fights. So that was good. The fight for Harrison isn't always physical. When he talks about his biggest goal in racing, it's not actually about him at all. It's about chasing something that eluded his father and something he feels will cap off the Burton Racing legacy. 
Yeah, I always wanted to be the first to win a cup championship. I remember being a kid and my dad came home after he got really close a couple times and had some mechanical failures and had bad runs in the last few races, could have won championships. He would come home and tell us sorry, you know, I let, he felt like he let us down. Like he would come to my bedroom after he got home after the racetrack and say, sorry, we're not going to win the championship this year. I would tell him, it's okay, it doesn't matter. I vividly remember that day when I came home and I said, you know, guys, we're not going to win this championship. I have few regrets in my career, but I have some disappointments. And that was one of the biggest ones. I always wanted to do that because my dad never could. And that's the one thing that I think he wants to do more than anything in the world is say that he's a cup champion and he never got there. Like, it would be bad. Like, I got it. I have to do it. I didn't know if he remembered that or my daughter remembered that. I don't know. But that's the first time I heard that he did remember that. I want my son to be successful for my son, not for me. I want Jeb to be successful for Jeb, not his dad. We've added to the legacy and we've got our own names in the record books and we've done some things that we're both really proud of. Four members of a family have all raced NASCAR's highest level and have all succeeded at some point in their career. And My dad left the legacy in racing behind of being a hard worker. I want to add to that. On the next episode. You have to understand, like the way I raced, and I'm not always proud of this, but everything came second. I have few regrets in my career, but I have some disappointments. Right front tire, Jeff Burton. This is not good, no. Came in as the championship leader. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, this pretty much does it for us, unfortunately. And I cried that night. I did. I cried because it, it was, uh, you know, I really believed we were going to win that championship. Most of my life was the tail end of his career. Those were kind of the, the years where he was struggling the most. And he always wanted to win and he wanted to go out on top. And it just didn't happen. And that was why I was so sad. I always wanted to be the first to win a cup championship. I always wanted to do that because my dad never could. It's cool to hear him say that. I want his career to be about him. I worked myself to the point where my father-in-law, his physician, wanted to put me in the hospital. I went from my trailer over to uh, Jeff's trailer, and I, I had him. I had him up, backed up against the dam with it, where you put your tire carrier. At. You're going to have some kind of conflict with everybody you race with if you race long enough. We weren't as close, and then the racing actually 
kind of drove us further apart. Look, I'm going I'm to tell you something. I talked to Jeff. The first thing I told him is I didn't feel like I'd been a really good older brother. The Burton Continuum is a production of Dirty Mo Media. This show is produced and narrated by Alex Timms. Executive producer, Mike Davis. Assistant producer, Jason Schultz. Audio mastered by Matthew Dillner. Artwork by Sean Sen. Audio engineering by Joe Radler. You can follow us on all social media platforms at Dirty Mo Media. You can find all episodes of The Burden Continuum and other original content at DirtyMoMedia.com. Broadcast audio is credited to Fox, NBC, MRN, PRN, and CBS. Check out Dirty Mo Media 